Hey friends, it's Nina. You may know me as the voice behind Already Gone, a true crime podcast about the missing, the murdered, the mysterious, and the lost. In the nearly 18 months since I started Already Gone, I heard many comments about my voice and how soothing it is to listen to me telling a story. That people re-listen to episodes of Already Gone at bedtime because my voice helps them fall asleep. Honestly, that's flattering. I love hearing it. Part of me became concerned, worried about my listeners, thinking about their dreams. What is the psychological impact of falling asleep to tales of a hammer murder, or a strangled child, or a bludgeoned survivor? As someone who requires a good night's sleep to function well each day, I am thrown off by troubling dreams. I was concerned that you, the listener, could be having those same troubling dreams, even if you don't remember them the next day. That's where Dreaming with Nina originated, in the value of a good night's sleep. A longing for peaceful dreams where you wake up in a happy frame of mind, your brain soothed and well-rested. I listen to podcasts and I enjoy a true crime story as much as the next girl, but when it comes to protecting my psyche... I need a palate cleanser before bed. I hope that Already Gone has a valued spot on your playlist, but not right before bed. Dreaming with Nina is a sleep cast dedicated to helping you achieve a peaceful night of rest. Each episode leads you on a journey through history and time, a brief meditation and a story guiding your dreams to calm, welcoming places. Today's episode is an introduction to the show, a preview of things to come. If you're listening, you should be settled into a comfortable spot, free of distractions. If you are preparing to sleep for the night, now is the time to check that your alarm is set and your room is at a comfortable temperature for rest and you are ready for sleep. Today's meditation is about letting go, letting go of the workday letting go of our obligations, letting go of tension. Just for tonight, we will relax, sleep deeply, and dream well. You can pick these things up again in the morning when you awake. As we move through the day, we collect tension in our muscles. Allowing your body to release that tension and fully relax allows you to achieve a good night's sleep. Take a moment to notice any tension you may be carrying in your jaw, your neck, or your shoulders. Breathe deeply and slowly. Focus on these areas as you breathe. If it helps to gently shift your shoulders, do that. Gently roll your shoulders forward and then back. Remind yourself that you deserve to relax. If you have tension in your jaw, Open your mouth. Be conscious of the hinge in your jaw as you do so. As you gently close your jaw, allow any tension to slip away. You are relaxed, comfortable, calm. Focus your thoughts on your head, then move towards your neck. Gently roll your head once to the left and then slowly back around to the right. Release any tension or strain in that area. 
you may wish to do this two or three times. Gently, slowly. Now move your focus from your neck down through the shoulders to your arms, around the curve of your elbow and finally to your hands. Clench your fists gently and then release, extending your fingers, allowing any tension to flow out through your fingertips. Wiggle your fingers and feel the movement across the back of your hands. Your hands do so much work during the day. Giving them a gentle stretch helps them to rest. Return focus to your neck and gently shift your mind towards your spine. Move slowly down the spine. Send your thoughts down all those vertebrae to your lower back. Let's move our thoughts lower to the hips. Hips move us forward through the day. If you are slogging through something difficult, you may find some tension or discomfort in your hips. If you sit all day at work or have a long commute, your hips may hold tension. Continue to breathe slowly, long, deep breaths that fill your abdomen. If you feel tension in your hips or the small of your back, it may be helpful to roll your hips in a slow circle almost like you're moving a hoop. Press down gently into the mattress and then up slightly and arc across from one hip to the other and back again. If this isn't a comfortable motion, instead of the circle, try shifting your hips gently back toward the floor, then shift forward and up toward the ceiling. Remember to breathe. As you allow tension to flow out of your body, your mind is calm, your thoughts slow and peaceful. You are preparing for an evening of rest. Take your focus to your abdomen, your belly. Many of us are hard on our abdomen. Perhaps we don't eat as well as we should. Too many carbs, too much soda or caffeine. Maybe we're unhappy with the appearance of our belly. It's too round, too thick. Now is a chance to be kind to this part of your body. Take a few long, slow, deep breaths and fill your abdomen with air. Feel your diaphragm rise, then gently fall as you slowly release the breath. Repeat this two or three more times. Fill the abdomen with air and gently release. Move your focus to your legs, the big muscles in your thighs. Tighten those muscles and release them. Feel them relax. Now focus on your knees. Knees carry you through the day. They keep you upright and in motion. Allow them to rest in a comfortable position. Move your focus to your lower legs, your calves, then your feet. Roll each foot in a small circle at the ankle. Allow your feet to rest comfortably. Finally, focus on the balls of your feet and your toes. Pull your toes in toward the bottom of your foot and hold. Then release. 
remember to breathe. Moving your toes helps remove tension from your foot. You may feel the motion of your toes across the top of each foot as you tighten and release them. With this body check complete, you should be comfortable, relaxed, the worries of your day behind you, a good night's sleep before you. This week's story takes us north to the Arctic Circle in Northern Europe. We're exploring Finland, one of the world's northernmost countries. Finland is bordered on the north by Norway, to the east by Russia, and to the southwest by Sweden. The northern part of Finland lies within the Arctic Circle. Today we are speaking of ancient peoples and a country who celebrates just 100 years of independent rule in December of 2017. After the Bolshevik Revolution of 1917, Finland declared their independence from Russia and Lenin recognized their independence at the end of December 1917. This didn't mean that Finland was free of Russia, however. There was a brutal civil war between communist forces and democratic forces in Finland throughout the winter and the spring of 1918, with Germany stepping in to restore order. Finland became a monarchy with a German prince chosen as king. At the end of World War I, it was determined that a leader should be elected, not appointed, and Carlo Juho Stahlberg became the first president of Finland. While it is one of my favorite places, we are not visiting Finland's bustling capital city of Helsinki. We are venturing north to the land of snow, midnight sun, and polar night. To Lapland, home of the European Union's only indigenous people, the Sami. Sami are found in Finland, Norway, Sweden, and parts of northern Russia. Today, the Sami live close to nature, deep green forests, clear cold lakes. While some are urbanized, for many Sami, reindeer, traditional dress, their own language, and sled dogs are all part of everyday life. Historically, the Sami were fishermen, trappers, and sheep farmers. They are perhaps best known for reindeer herding. The reindeer provide meat, fur, and transportation. Nearly 3,000 Sami make their living herding reindeer. It's not surprising to learn that many of them were also fishermen. Finland boasts nearly 3,000 miles or 4,600 kilometers of coastline. Reindeer herding is a business even today, with herders protecting their flock from the many predators in the area, including eagles, bears, and wolves. Herders live and work together in groups, and the reindeer provide both milk and meat for the Sami. Lapland is the northernmost province in Finland. Rovaniemi, the capital of Lapland, is situated on the Arctic Circle, providing a literal gateway to the Arctic. Lapland is sparsely populated. While it accounts for 30% of Finland's landmass, it is home to less than 4% of Finland's population. One of the popular summer activities for Laplanders is foraging for cloudberries.
The berries are elusive, growing in marshy areas. But they aren't the only berry that grows there. Blueberries arrive in July, lingonberries in August, and cranberries appear in September. Cloudberries and cranberries provide vitamin C that Laplanders need to stay healthy. Today's story is of a shaman who visited an ordinary man after a most extraordinary experience. When Lightning Strikes is an original piece written by Kamala Milu, a freelance writer and Reiki master in the Detroit area. Miss Milu's family lived in Lapland in the 19th century, and this piece is based on research Milu conducted into her great-grandfather's apprenticeship with a Sami shaman. Once upon a time... A very long time ago, when my grandmother's father was a young man, he found himself unsure of his future and his place in the world. His was the old world, where life had a slow, smooth rhythm that followed the beating of the earth's heart. His people were of the land, wholly unencumbered by the trappings of city dwelling. Unable to find peace, he grew restless trying to tame a stirring he could not name. Until one particular day, the longest of the year, midsummer, or as his people say, Johannes. During the celebration Coco, or fire, a spectacular storm came from nowhere, and the skies of midsummer darkened early over Finnish Lapland. The heavens burst wide open. Rain fell in blinding torrents. Thunder rang out in deafening booms. And the lightning. Oh, the lightning. Its jagged edge cut through the clouds and jolted into the earth, charring everything it touched. Including my great-grandfather. My papa. His people gathered around him where he lay on the ground, fearing the worst. He appeared lifeless, yet when they listened at his chest, they could hear his heart beating faintly. His lungs weakly squeezed out slow, shallow breaths. The young man was still with them. Papa's mind, however, his mind was somewhere else. He thought he may be dead, but he could still hear something, someone in the distance. The villagers faded from his vision, and he heard a faraway voice calling to him from a place he had never been. Through the mist of his vision, he saw a figure approaching, and Papa quaked with fright. As the being drew closer, he could see it was a man, or an animal. Which was it? He couldn't be sure, but he was frightened. This was a powerful figure. The harder he strained to make out who or what it was, the more the shape shifted, with his mind racing, unable to comprehend what was before him. He released himself into unknowing, and the vision became clear. It was the Noadi, the one who sees, the shaman. You see, the Noadi had been planning this particular tempest for quite some time all manifesting in the angst Papa struggled with. 
through the Nawadi's command over the sky elements, especially the lightning. He created the perfect storm for manifesting Papa's call to initiation. My Papa, he had no knowledge of the Nawadi's machinations. Not that it would have mattered. Because when one is chosen to become an initiate, well, that's all there is to be said about the subject. Papa knew this, and he yielded to the vision. This is the way the story has been told. The Nawadi appeared to him as both human and animal, and carried his drum. The instrument was carved from a sturdy double-trunk birch that twisted itself in the direction that time travels around the face of a clock. The skin was made from stretched reindeer hide, the animal herded by humans, but known to the Nawadi as possessing essential powers that connect it to the spirit world. Upon the surface of the drum, the ancient symbols of the Nawadi were painted. However, Papa knew not the meaning of the symbols, nor the significance they would come to have upon his existence. As Papa watched, the Nawadi began to beat his drum and chant words that Papa did not understand, but somehow, somehow he remembered them. The chant went deep into his memory as he recalled events not of this lifetime. The places he saw, the people, he looked through the eyes of the Nawadi. He saw his place as an ancient Nawadi in his native Lapland among the Sami people. The vision brought him to the Nawadi's sacred space, a cave deep within the hills well hidden amongst the rugged terrain. Papa entered the cave trying to take in all that he saw. The walls were painted with the same symbols as the drum, although larger and more distinct to the eye. Among the scatterings on the dirt floor were the remains of the Nawadi's many rituals. In the center of the cave, a roaring fire with a well-worn ring around its edge. Within the cave, the Nawadi revealed his power to move between worlds, ascending into the heavens and descending into the underworld. Papa traveled with the Nawadi, bearing witness to unimaginable sights, some beautiful and light, others troubling and dark. Through this flight, revelations of his own journey yet to come unfolded and he saw himself in his present day as a powerful healer among the Sami people. His path was made clear. His angst and confusion fell away. He was to become a Nawadi. He saw the rituals and the tribulations he would encounter throughout his training. Years of hard work. Isolation and madness should he lose his wits. The life of an initiate is fraught with challenges ordinary humans would by no means encounter. However, the gifts bestowed upon the Nawadi allowed him to serve his people as a bridge between the higher and lower realms. To answer the call meant Papa would be required to depart from his life in the village and reside with his teacher. 
This all flashed before him in a matter of seconds, and he felt himself shake with realization. Papa slowly returned to his seizing body. Knowing his travels to the edge of life had a deeper purpose. The people of his village, they knew it too, for no one survives a lightning strike only to remain among the living. As he fought the urge to remain upon the charred ground, he knew he must garner all his strength and force himself to ignore the pain he felt in every bone of his body. He had to make ready for his hero's journey, and there was so much to be done. To the surprise of the villagers, Papa struggled to his feet, and as he walked, Papa stepped into his new life. As he lumbered forward, the villagers looked on in awe. The group gave way, allowing him to pass, not wanting to be too close to the injured man. They knew who Papa was and who he had become. Transformed by a summer storm into Nuadi, the shaman, the one who sees. <laughs>